You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I have a question for you. Were your supplements made before or after your DNA test results? Let me introduce you to Euphoria. Euphoria is the one and only company to offer personalized designer nutrition created specifically for you based upon your DNA profile. How is Euphoria's DNA test different? Euphoria's DNA test unlocks the secrets to your actionable genes and their influence on your body. These actionable genes are called SNPs or SNPs. And with nearly 400 million unique formulas, this is your very own customized nutritional supplement. With Euphoria, you get to say bye to one-size-fits-all blind nutrition and hello to customized nutrition made specifically for you and your DNA. And it is so custom that even the barcode has your name on it. No formula is exactly the same. Interested in learning more about Euphoria? Check out the show notes of this episode, or you can visit our website at www.flauntyourfire.com show and all the details that you need to find out more about their unique process and unique supplement will be there waiting for you. Welcome back to the Front Your Fire show, where we explore what it means to be your whole self in person and online as you unapologetically flaunt the fire that burns within you. I am your host and CEO of Front Your Fire, India Jackson, and today I'm doing something a little bit different. I want to explore the in-person part of our podcast intro. You hear us say in-person like every week. But we talk a lot about the online pieces, including Instagram and LinkedIn and things like that. Let's dive in in person today. And I also want to bring in my co-host, Erica Corday on that. Say hello, Erica. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and I want to debrief a little bit of my experience from the New York Fitness Expo. So I know last week we had Tony Tizal on here from One Clothing, and he talked about a lot of what it looks like to go into working with brands and partnering with them from the brand's perspective as we came live from that event. And one of the things that really sat with me after that episode 
um, that we recorded like super tired late at the end of the day was some of the things that I had seen at the event. And I'm sure you've seen this as well, Erica, because you've been to a lot of bodybuilding events, competitions, and then you've also been to a lot of the business circuit type conventions as well, like She Podcast, where we spoke together on stage four. And we see all these opportunities to sponsor events by having a booth to sell your product or service. And I'm saying product or service because I want to make it very clear that while you may see a lot of product-based business doing this, you can have a booth as a service provider too. You can sell a service from a booth. Um, But I think that it's great anytime that you're going to make an investment, just like you would if you were to invest in social media advertising, that you want to be intentional about a couple of things. And you want to ask yourself a couple of questions and get very clear before you give your money so you can have a higher likelihood that you'll get your money back and then some. (laughs) How do you feel about diving into this conversation today? Let's do it because I got a couple different things. And this is from what I see as well as what I've experienced. Sweet, sweet. So, hmm, I think one of the first things that I think about is getting really clear on like, what is your goal? Like, what are you trying to sell and who are you trying to sell it to? The funny part is I feel like people can be really excited. They see it and it's like, oh, there's this opportunity and I'm going to be doing this big thing and let's do it. And they can kind of forget that like, you're about to invest time and money and you need to approach this from a place of intentionality. So if you're going to say yes to this, it should be something that you have considered. Why? You know, why does this matter to me? Why does this matter to my clients? How is this going to help? Not just the, yeah, I'm going to do it because, you know, it's the thing I'm supposed to do. Like, don't shoot all over yourself with what you're supposed to do. I agree. Um, I also think that (laughs) it's knowing like the right place. So we think about that when we think about our online marketing, right? You want to make sure you're showing up on the right social media platform that your idol person is hanging out at. But that's true for in-person events too. So like when you know what you're selling and who you want to sell it to, it lets you really like narrow down the what event do we invest in. Um, that's huge because you can do amazing at your event, but if you're at the wrong event, you're still selling something to people who might not be interested. That's a big thing. And also, unlike online advertising, you have to consider, well, I guess it's the same, but it's a little bit different. You have to consider the amount of time invested. So with online advertising, you do have to come up with the content for these ads, but with in-person, you might be spending time in a booth or have team members spending time in a booth that you have to now pay them for. So that's their time, but that's also your financial resources. And on top of that, you have to factor in like, how far is this? Are we now looking at travel? Well, travel is more than just the money to travel. It's also the time to travel. So these are all things that I tend to look at to see like, is this worth or is this the right event to do right now with what we're trying to do today? Well, and I'm glad you said right now, because I think that that's a part of it. Because, you know, number one, you want to see, are your clients there? Because I think that that is important. And if your client is there, you want to make sure that 
yourself, your team, whoever it is that's showing up actually has the energetic capacity, throwing out all the fancy terms here, but (laughs) like, can you show up and be personable and actually interact and connect with and, you know, actually get these people to see what you're selling is something that they want to need and how this is different from the other 50 to 100 booths that could be there as, as well if you're doing one of these bigger shows. So you need, you want to make sure that it's actually your people there because you don't want to talk to people and it's like they have no idea of what we do. Like I'm actually not talking to the type of people that I want to sell to, but you also want to make sure that this is something that you want to do. If you're not the person that likes to be out in front, by all means, that's okay. Let someone else do that. Don't invest all this time and effort and money to show up to something that could involve travel. It's money to actually pay for the booth. You have to actually make the booth look attractive. And then you get there and you're like, I don't actually want to talk to anybody. So I've taken time, (laughs) effort and money and I don't want to talk to any of you, you know, and because it can be a lot. And I remember one of the bridal shows that you'd actually helped me with years ago, India. I mean, it is a lot (laughs) and it can be, you know, just kind of overload in a lot of ways if it's not something that um, you're ready for when it comes to all the people that you have to make FaceTime with. Um, actually letting people know about what you do and selling and interacting with other people as you're trying to make connections. And that's not including that most of these things have all this music. So you're hearing, (laughs) (laughs) and it's a lot. lot. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny you say that. So first I want people to take note. This is not just fitness expos. This is not just bodybuilding shows. There are so many types of events out there that you can invest in and you can get a return on your investment in by having a booth. So definitely put this on your radar for 2020. But number two, when you're thinking about who your people are, it's not just who your people are as far as who you want to work with as far as clients or who may buy the product as far as customers from you at these events, but it's also who are your people working the booth that can make or break your event because I'm going to be honest, I've seen events where it's the scientist who created the product or it's the CEO running the booth and maybe they're by themselves. Maybe they have one or two other people, but if you're not extroverted, (laughs) if you don't do well with a lot of stimulation and constant conversation, it's time to get really honest with yourself and ask yourself if you're the best person for the job or if there's somebody else on your team or sometimes even maybe a friend or family member who knows your product and loves it very, very well. If you're have an ambassador program, if you're a little bit further along in your business and your product based, you know, maybe it's an ambassador would be better suited to run the event for you. But whoever it is, they need to love talking to people. It's funny you mention that because honestly, in some cases, it's the fact that it can be like stimulation overload with lights and the sound and the noise and the crowd. But I've also had times where I've seen shows to where you can get a booth stuck in the most god-awful Siberia area with nobody. (laughs) And it's like, there's no people back here. I'm annoyed. I'm agitated. And if you don't have somebody that is going to be able to say, all right, fine. 
I'm going to go and figure out a way to still make this salvageable as much as I can, because that can happen too. So, yes, you know, because you don't always have the choice in where your booth is going to be, what the crowd is going to be like, what the weather is going to be like. I've done things and there's been a snowstorm. So there's a number of things that can come up. But what you said was a key point when you talk about return on investment. You can't figure out what your ROI is if you don't actually know what it is that you want to get out of it and how you're going to evaluate that. I agree completely. And so when you say like the desert event (laughs) where there's Mm. nobody there, Mm -hmm. or it could be a great event, but I've seen like you have the worst booth placement ever and nobody goes in that corner of the building. Yes. Like this is where really starting to think about your people that are going to run this for you or you, if you know that you're the extroverted person that can handle this, do you have sales skills? do you have people person skills? It really takes me back to the days that I was training people with Christian Dior on being able to run in-person events and get people in the chair, like just get the butt in the seat and get some kind of skincare, makeup, something on them. So they buy something. Right. And a lot of that was having to, on some events, navigate that you have um, what felt like a million appointments, but only five artists. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. how do you keep people excited and pumped, even though they're having to wait longer than they should? Or many other times, I'm going to be honest, it was that maybe the weather was bad or the government got furloughed and people didn't have mm-hmm. any money. And so you thought you had 100 appointments, but like 20 showed up. And we have a sales goal of $25,000 to do today. So somebody has to get out there and start poaching people to come come on over from shoes in the department store. Come on over from this other place and try this product you didn't plan on buying today. Get your latte and come on over here so we can touch your lipstick up. Whatever. (laughs) That takes a very particular type of person. So Mm -hmm. these people do exist. We don't want you to think that this is a hard thing to find, but it does take finding this kind of person who does well with these things and cultivating them and educating them on your product if they don't already work with your company and then letting them shine at that point. Like don't micromanage them. You have to trust them after that. Well, and I'm also acknowledge something else here and that it is very different to have to sell your own product and or service with the attachment that you have to it personally versus having someone else that is unattached to this and has no true stake in whether or not it does or does not make any money. There's something said for that as well. When you have someone that is not the owner, the CEO, the head, the face, the whatever of this brand, this business, this product, this service, that can make a difference as well, which is where it is important to find somebody that sees that it's awesome, believes in it, but it's not you because sometimes you're just too close. I agree completely. And I think that it would be really irresponsible to talk about like attachment and things like that to the business and sales without talking about compensation. So this person Mm -hmm that you are asking to take away time from their life, from their family, to come to this event, which may be like 10 towns over on the other side of the United States or whatever it may be, um, and then work an entire day for you, like what's in it for them? And so Mm -hmm. compensation doesn't always have to be money, but being really clear on what's in it for them. And this is where collaborative relationships come into play. So one of the things that um, 
I definitely look at with people is if you can't afford to necessarily compensate them financially for their travel and their time at the booth, then maybe you can find someone who has some similar interest in who they want to work with. I've seen actually apparel brands and fitness events do this very well is many times the ambassador working a booth for maybe a supplement company is also a personal trainer or a gym owner. And so they're selling these supplements, but then at the same time, if they are talking to somebody who's local to where their gym is located, it's okay to go ahead and tell them about the gym too and slip in a business card for the gym and maybe a free day pass. This -hmm. would make it so that that person's willing to partner with you, work for free, sell your products because they're now also able to market their own. So I don't think there's any one way to compensate someone. There are businesses out there that are financially compensating people too. And there's a time and place for that as well, but be a little bit open-minded into what this can look like and evaluate it on a case by case basis of who you want to bring in to help you and truly see things from their shoes of what's in it for them and how can you make it attractive for them to help you. This is another part of really seeing like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how many people are there. These are, you know, the type of people that I really want you to talk to. This is how long you're going to be there. You know, like as you're laying out all of these things and you're seeing what's going to go into it, how much time is it going to take? Are they setting up? Are they breaking down? Are they going to have to take transactions? Are they responsible for money? As you're figuring out all of these specifics around it, it's a little easier to then decide, okay, am I going to put someone on this? Who am I going to put on it? What is this going to look like? And I think for most people, it's probably a little easier to have the conversation around compensation when you can then easily say, okay, I would like you to talk to this many people at minimum. I need you to get their email addresses, whatever that thing is, because I feel like once you start that, then it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to pay you, this is what then needs to happen. Maybe then it's a little easier to put something tangible on it because now you've got some skin in the game, so to speak. And so it's a little easier to tie back to that ROI again, because now it's like, oh, I paid extra as opposed to just the booth itself. Now, what, what, you know, what, what happens, which they need that direction. I think that that's important. I think they need it, but I'm also going to say you as a business owner, you need that direction too. having to go through these things so that you can articulate to whoever's going to help you. Um, what's going to be going down will also give you accountability as well. Because if you don't know how many people are attending, you don't know how many products you need to bring. If you're a product-based business, mm-hmm. if you don't know what type of people are attending, um, then you don't know exactly what SKUs they're going to be most attracted to. So you can end up bringing the wrong product. If you're mm-hmm. a service-based business, you don't know exactly which service you want to speak to the most. Um, and then when I also think about like, you mentioned email. So it's not enough to just have a booth at an event and sell people something because you're going to have people that don't know you. So there's no trust, right? They've never heard of your brand before. They don't know you. They don't know the people at the booth. They may need some time to be nurtured and to trust you more. So some things that you may need to consider, you know, and there's no shame in that. That's normal things to come up, but some things to consider to be more effective is how can you attract people to the booth that have never heard of you? Well, this is going to come into play with your visuals. Do you have your own music at the booth where you're setting your own vibes? Um, Do you have lights? Um, Do you have 
any type of extra ambiance. You have chairs for them to sit down at, water for them to drink. These are all different things that I've seen some of our clients do that are very effective. One of the things that you've done, Erica, um, when your business Silver Immersion does booths at bridal shows is you actually do like a quick hair curl, a quick makeup application, because once somebody's in the chair, they get to see what it feels like to be a client of your brand. And that's huge. I mean, who doesn't want to get their makeup and hair touched up while they're at an all day event? <laughs> but you got to do something to get them to come over. Yes. And I always kind of think about the fact of if you're going to kind of do this, how do you make it a sensory experience? You know, sight, smell, taste, touch, hear. So, you know, like you mentioned music, you know, is, is the booth actually appealing? Um, I've done lavender sessions um, because when people walk by, it's like, oh, what does that smell? And it's one of those things where if you're thinking about weddings and brides, it can sometimes evoke some stress. So I'm like, yeah, take some of this lavender. This is good for you. Put it in your bag and you get a whiff and, you know, you're good to go. So I think sometimes that's a part of your branding when you think about, you know, what does my brand smell like? It's a part of the entire thing. You know, what type of music does my brand play? You know, what does my brand sound like? You know, what does my product you know, kind of come with. I think it's that entire package. And I think, as you mentioned, like all of these things that kind of pull people in and you're building that confidence, that know, like, and trust factor. I think sometimes part of that too is um, before you do things, after you do things, you know, are you talking about it online? Are you, um, you know, are you maybe doing a giveaway or something online? Are you letting your clients know where you're going to be? Like, are you talking about this and giving it the full opportunity to actually flourish? Or are you just kind of showing up, throwing your stuff up and being like, yeah, I'm here. Give me your money. So I know we're over here at Flaunt Your Fires podcast today, but I want to press pause on Erica's play for a second <laughs> because we're not even in the same location right now. But if we were, I'd give you a big hug because I swear I have rubbed off on you girl over the last 10 years and I'm a proud mom over here. Everything you just said is exactly <laughs> what I would have said. You need to create an experience. And yes, all of that goes into your brand. It's not just the logo. It is the smell. It is the sound. It is the taste. It is the touch. It is every single step along the way. But I also want to add that as she just walked you through that, as you guys listen of the experience of what it feels like to be at one of her booths at an event, you are immersed in silver immersion. Like you have the lavender scent, you have them touching and really adjusting your hair and your makeup. They're talking to you. They're making you feel comfortable. You have the kind of music they play at their studio. It's like you walked into their studio at an event. And that is so, so important in the moment to give to a client. But I don't want you guys to miss what she said is that she lets them take some lavender away with them in their bag. And here's the kicker about this. From the customer's experience standpoint, you are going from booth to booth, right? You're at a big convention. There might be what, 50 booths at a wedding convention, Erica? If not more. Yeah. So like 50 or more booths. The whole time in my bag, I am still smelling this lavender. What am mm -hmm. I subconsciously thinking about? Silver immersion and how much fun and how relaxed and comfortable I was at their booth. And then when I take this bag of a ton of 
freaking business cards and flyers and brochures home with me, I'm going to remember the one that is attached to the lavender. Mm -hmm. That is branding Mm -hmm. 101. And I'm going to say that that is the biggest takeaway if you're listening right now is how do you get the client who didn't buy anything that didn't book a service the day of to remember you tomorrow? I'm glad you said that because I've had people that have run up to me that are like, oh my gosh, if we hadn't already booked, we would be booking you because there's a same sex couple there and nobody else has a same sex couple on their slideshow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it's not always the ones that book you. It's the ones that don't. Exactly. And you said something earlier that I want to come back to. You mentioned email. Mm -hmm. If I had $25 for every time I saw somebody invest over $500 in a booth and did not have a way to keep in contact with even the people that did not purchase after they leave, I would be a rich lady. And I say that this is so important because you need a way to be able to continue to nurture these people. Just because they didn't buy, it doesn't mean no. It means not right now. Maybe I don't know you enough yet. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not too clear on why I need your services yet. But if you continue to nurture me through email marketing or through sharing social media following before I leave the booth, I can slowly be nurtured into why I need to be with you. So one of the beautiful things that I've seen you and your team do so well is you have iPads at your booth and you get Mm -hmm. people's email addresses and they get nurtured through your email marketing. And that tends to turn into a later sell. Um, And also when that email comes through at a convention where there's at least 50 other booths, Mm -hmm. you want them to remember who this company was. Well, that lavender ties them back to that so they don't immediately unsubscribe or mark you as spam. So that's important too. (laughs) Well, and I'm glad you said that because I want to tell people something that I did not know for a very long time. And that's that a lot of these um, events will tote as a selling point oh and you'll get the entire email list of all the people that signed up danger will robinson you are not supposed to have this email list these people did not opt in to your email list and you run the risk of being marked as spam and getting your shit shut down don't do it i am so glad you said that because i see events sell perks to businesses and mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know, right? So there's no shame if you're this person that's like, oh my gosh, I get all the emails. Great. You don't know what you don't know. But that's not necessarily a perk. Technically, you're not supposed to put those emails into your email marketing platform if you didn't get specific permission from that person they wanted to opt in. Also, nine times out of 10, it's probably a bad idea. So I'd be very mindful that when you're looking at events and they're telling you what's in it for you to do their event, really hold that up to your own criteria and, yep. and check and balance that because what they're saying what's in it for you might not actually be beneficial to you. Emails Agreed. nine times out of 10 are not. No. And that's where, you know, again, digging deeper, what is the audience? What are some of the other brands that are affiliated with this show? What's your track record? How often do you have this show? What am I hearing about it online when I go out here and do my own research about it? What is the investment? 
What do I want as my return? What is my goal? You may want to sell. You might just want to have brand recognition and to have, you know, a little more advertising for yourself. Whatever it is, it's totally up to you. But just give yourself that time to have all of the information and then be able to make the best educated decision because you are fueled with information and not guesses. That could be an expensive ass guess. Yes, because some of these events, they're not playing. Like, we're about to, I'm about to go to one in March that is charging about $2,500 for their booths. Yep. Now, they have a massive audience, but $2,500 is a lot to come out of pocket for, plus your travel and potentially your team's travel because it's a huge event, so you wouldn't be able to work it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if you have products, you have to buy enough products to be able to sell without hopefully not selling out. Um that's a huge investment if you're not clear and if you don't have a plan. So not to scare any of you guys, but when you are looking at the product part of that, um, because unlike service-based businesses, the product you bring with you is the product you've got, is being really mindful of like, what are your number one bestsellers? And then asking yourself if that bestseller is because it's a niche market. And so you might want to reconsider that too. There's a lot that goes into this. Um, I know we could go on and on and on about it, but the number one thing I will say is back on that email thing, you asking somebody directly for their email or their Instagram or their LinkedIn or their Facebook is a completely different situation than getting a list of it from the venue. You want to ask them yourself, you want to build the relationship yourself and you want them to remember you so that when they get that communication or they get that like or that follow they know exactly who this is and they're ready to build a relationship and a conversation. And email can be expensive. When you have a large list, you're paying for that. So just like any other investment that you make, you want to make it with intentionality and not because you got a list of 3,000 people and you actually only talk to 50. Yes, that's huge. There are a lot of people out there with major lists that are just dormant. And I always say that that's a great sign that it's time to clean house. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Fully agree. Anything else you want to add, Erica? (sighs) There's so much information. I think most of it's been hit. I think just, you know, again, get all your information, plan, have your clarity, give yourself a, you know, give yourself options, you know, some if this, then that, like you brought up a good one. If you sell out, then what? What's your, you know, okay, if you still buy, we send it to you, free shipping, blah, 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 whatever. But think through these things. Give yourself an opportunity to really figure out what experience do you want to give these, you know, possible clients and customers coming up? And what do you want them to walk away with now that they've come in contact with you? What is it that you can do to make them feel like, oh, well, they actually bring some benefit. I'm glad I did come over here. What makes you stand out from everybody else? So... I think with that said, if there's anything I would add, it's to have fun. People can feel your energy. If your booth feels peaceful, if your booth feels fun, if your booth feels inviting, people will remember Mm -hmm. that. And if it doesn't, they probably won't come over. So that is like Mm -hmm. the most important thing out of everything we said. And if I were to give you guys one action, it would be to actually look up some in-person events. 
I think that being online only is not enough anymore in 2020. And that's not to send people into a shame spiral and not enoughness, but you just have to find new ways to market yourself and you can go so much deeper and so much more meaningful in person with someone in a conversation or connecting with your team in a conversation than is possible online sometimes. I would love to see people not only being on the side of, you know, participating in these events, but I would love for you to actually go and be a client, be a customer, go and take part in what does it look like on the other side? What does Mm -hmm. it feel like to be the person walking up to these business owners, to these booths and see what it feels like from the customer standpoint, because that's going to give you an edge of really understanding what does, what did you receive that you liked or you didn't like, or what would you do differently? I think it's important to be on both sides. Ooh, I love that. So you guys heard it straight from Erica. This week we have two action items for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. Thanks for having me. So if you found value in today's episode, I want to ask you for a favor, head over to Apple podcast and leave us a review. You can also share this episode with a business friend. And if you enjoyed our guest today and co-host Erica Corday, you can hear more of her lovely voice and a little bit of mine too over on the Pause on the Play podcast, where we dive into diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as visibility and mindset. And if you would love to check out more of her content, you can also see her at ericacorday.com. Lastly, if you've been listening to this episode and you're like, hey, India, I want to dive a little bit deeper into doing in-person events and I'm not really sure where to start or I need to get a little bit more clarity for my plan so that way I can get some ROI, go ahead and hit me up at flauntyourfire.com and we would love to give you a free consultation to figure out some next steps for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will see you on the next one. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?